Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to Wolves Fancast with a special episode this evening, a YouTube and Twitter live show on the European Super League. My name is Matt Guy and I'm joined by the devilishly handsome Andy and the equally devilishly handsome Luke. Hello, gentlemen. Evening. You all right, mate? I'm not too bad, are you? Yeah, I'm good. Cheers. Luke, you doing well? I'm good, mate. All good. Been an eventful day. Hasn't it just, mate? Hasn't it just? We're going to kick off properly about eight o'clock. Just give everybody a chance to uh, get involved with us. If you are joining us and you're an eager beaver and join straight away, thank you, first of all, for joining us. Uh, What we want to be doing today is having the conversation, obviously, but we want to answer your questions as well if you have any. So whether that be on Twitter or on YouTube, get your comments in and we'll do our best to answer them. Get involved with us. Um, If you like what you see, make sure you are followed subscribed to us on uh, Twitter and YouTube and get your notification button clicked as well. And you'll be the first to hear when we have new content out there. A little bit of admin, first of all, as well. This episode is brought to us by the Sports Shop in Kingswinford, who are close friends of the show. Check them out if you have any sporting needs, including printing and custom work as well. And you won't be disappointed. And we thank them for their support. So, gentlemen, it's been a busy old day. We're going to talk about a lot in this uh, episode where do you start though really it's one of those crazy things i mean the europe the european super league whilst it's massively the biggest thing that's gone on today jose Mourinho has been sacked from spurs i heard an interesting thing on Talksport earlier today when they uh, talked about how this is just an incredible time to sweep under the carpet a sacking like this for a major manager and that Jose Mourinho has actually played a blinder because <laughs> he knows he's under pressure <laughs> and he wants to uh, kind of get himself out there in the quietest way possible. Absolutely. I mean, he's like as you say, he's been under pressure for a while. There was rumours that he was going to be gone by the summer anyway. So why not do it when everyone else is looking elsewhere? I mean, if the rumours of him saying that he doesn't want to be part of this Super League are true, He's also come out of this looking a lot better than a manager who's underperformed all season and then just gets the boot. He looks Mm -hmm. like he's something of a martyr. So if Mourinho plays this right, he's going to be hot shit again come the summer. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, John Bradley's already got in touch talking about Spurs, talking about the fact that they're questioning whether they're in the big six or not. Something we will go into um, in some detail shortly. Um, I mean, they haven't won the, the top division in my lifetime. I don't think anybody on the podcast's lifetime. So, no, um, 60 years. Even you, Andy. I mean, you, you weren't even there to see Spurs last... Oh, uh... <laughs> One of the best tweets I saw today was was about Spurs. And it said, um, Spurs entering this Super League is like me walking into the Crucible and putting 50p on the table. <laughs> How the hell have wrangled this? You know, it's, not, it's nothing to do with ability, is it? Where, which pubs are you going in where it's 50p for a game? Luke... Oh, olden days, mate. Olden days, youth club. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things, Paul. You've got to be. You've got to have a few pints down you to get any good. It's one of those sports where the more you drink, the better you get. I find I'll anyway. Totally. It's it's all about the the lucky skill shots, mate. The lucky trick shots. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So we're going to get kickstarted in a minute or two. Again, guys, get in touch with us via Twitter or via YouTube. We'll do our best to get through your comments and uh, give us your views, you know. Call us out if you don't think or you disagree with what we have to say. And um, let's thrash this out, really. We're going to talk heavily, obviously, about Wolves and the implications that it has for the club that we all love. We'll also want to talk a little bit about what it means to the EFL as well, because I'm sure, as many of you are aware, this is going to have massive ramifications for the EFL and the talk about the money shift down the footballing pyramid. But in terms of kind of the news and everything today, I mean, this really came out of left field. It wasn't something that was kind of bubbling along, and it might be this, it might be that. Late on a Sunday afternoon, it all kind of kicked off. When, when did you guys kind of pick up on the fact that this was all happening? I mean, it's sort of yesterday evening time, wasn't it? And I think everyone was then waiting for some announcement, which was meant to come at... Uh, was it 9.30 last night? Mm-hmm. And then I, I think did people start speaking at about 11pm? Um, yeah, so I, mean, I, like I, 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 I caught the bulk of it when I woke up this morning. I went to bed thinking, is it one of those where, you know, you hear a couple of rumours and, and then it's just washed away in the morning? Yeah. And when I woke up and I was like, this is this is actually happening, like, shit just got real. Yeah, it, yeah. it's something that they've been talking about for years and years. But I think it was... It was before kickoff for the Man United game yesterday, the leak first happened, and that's when we, we heard something. But at that stage, it was just rumours. No one knew whether or not it was actually going to be anything. And then they said, oh, they're expecting a, an announcement at half six, and then eight, and then half nine, and then it was going to be ten. And all of a sudden, it took forever. And then all of a sudden, as you say, shit got real. Shit hit mm-hmm. the fan, and all of a sudden, it's everyone knows that yeah, we've got this breakaway league of, of 12 clubs plus or minus however many others are going to join. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into it. So, again, for anyone that's just joined, thank you very much for joining us at this European Super League special with Wolves Fancast. Uh, just to get a bit of admin out of the way, we are supported by the sports shop uh, in Kingswinford. Thank you very, very much to them for supporting the show. We do really appreciate it. And thank you for you guys for calling in and getting in touch with us. Um, already the questions have started coming in, which we really, really appreciate. We um, we will hit some of them up as we go along with the agenda. If we, if we go through it all now, I'll get a, a bit of a mess. So basically, you're going to talk about the outline for the league itself. For those who live under a rock or, like me, 
I've uh, muted practically every word so I don't get line of duty spoilers on Twitter. Getting zero news basically on anything <laughs> at the minute. The league is going to have 20 teams, the 12 founding members plus three unnamed clubs that are expected to be announced soon and five sides who qualify annually according to their domestic achievements. Now, from from English football, we have the big hitters, quote-unquote. The Sky Sixers have been known used to come all the big six. Man City, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about the joke that some of these teams are, but Man City, Man United, uh Chelsea, uh Arsenal, Spurs as well, uh are in there, and Liverpool, of course. Uh, under the proposals, the European Super League campaign would start in August each year with midweek fixtures and the clubs would be split into two groups of 10, playing each other home and away. The top three in each group would qualify to the quarterfinals with the team in fourth and fifth playing a two-legged playoff. Uh, it would then conclude like the Champions League um, with a knockout single, well, sorry, a two-leg knockout until until May. The ESL believes it will generate more money than the Champions League and the real sticking point that it would generate a greater distribution of revenue throughout the game. So when you heard this, lads, what were your initial thoughts? Because this has been in the pipeline for a long time, but I don't think anybody really thought that they were going to pull the trigger on it anytime soon. It, my first thought was, sorry, Luke, my first thought was that it's just a barefaced lie. There is absolutely no way this is going to distribute the money to anyone outside of the elite clubs, the clubs who were already several times bigger uh, their revenue is several times bigger than anybody else. It's just mm-hmm. going to concentrate the money where it already is. That that's all that it's, this is about. It's just about the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Um, this is for me. This is what happens when non-footballing people get involved in running football clubs because they mm-hmm. don't care about the history. They don't care about the fans. You know, they, they don't care. They don't even care about the club colours, the badge, the crest, whatever you want to call it. They just don't care. All they're out for is their own personal gain. And I think this has just highlighted that everybody knows what they're about. Because mm-hmm. all, all they've created this for is to make themselves richer. And, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, the clubs the clubs will get richer from it, but the owners are going to get richer from it as well. And that's that's the end, the end game. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's just going to turn into some American franchise like the rules you just explained, then you might as well have just explained the the the, the format of the MLS mm-hmm. or any yeah. other American sport. And whilst it might work in America, and uh, Americans might love that sort of setup, doesn't work in Europe, and it doesn't work, I'd say, probably more specifically in in England, because we love the promotion, we love the relegation, yeah, we love the the giant killings. Yeah. You know what, what's going to be there? Giant killing. Arsenal beating Man City in the quarterfinals instead of, I don't know, Rochdale beating Crystal Palace. I'd rather see that. There might be mm-hmm. two smaller clubs, but I'd rather see that than Arsenal pluckily winning away at Manchester City. Nah, for me... It doesn't, it doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Mm. me, zero I mean, interest. But, you know, obviously the there was a market there. The irony there being Conrad uh, Grebel's got in touch saying an NFL jersey while trashing the Super yep. League. Well, that's, I'm guessing that's, that's exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I put this jersey on tonight because this is what we're talking about. This is going to be the future of the game. It is going to mm. be, we're going to end up with more MK Dons and these. When Man United, when their market share has gone down the shitter because they're sharing Manchester with, Liverpool, uh, with City and they've got Liverpool just down the corner. 
why won't Man United move over to Yorkshire and be Yorkshire United? Mm-hmm. This is going to be the future of football. That's what they're going to be looking at. I think mm. that's what they want to be the future of football. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it is going to be the future of football. You know, I don't want to go into too much at the moment because I'm sure Matt, Matt wants to line us up with a few things. But this is what they want to be the future of football. And yeah. I, just, I, I hope I'm right. But I, I just, me personally, I just can't see it happening. But what, the, what these owners have done for these clubs now absolutely ruined them regardless of the outcome, because mm-hmm. they're going to have this Super League. It ain't going to work. The Super League doesn't happen. These can't come and play in the Premier League no more. Not well, a yeah, player. Who's going to take them that, seriously? Yeah. And it's got to a point now where, for me, this is where the wider football community needs to come together. And I, I, I've got I've got no liking towards Leeds. I've got Leeds-Liverpool on in the background. I hope Leeds smash them twenty five nil tonight. Mm-hmm. I think I think the wider footballing world all thinks that. People, I mean, are there, are there two more unlikable sides to play each other this season than Leeds and Liverpool? Yet, yeah, I'd say a vast ninety percent of the fan base I've seen want want Leeds to do a number over them this evening. But we're going to talk about the European Super League and what it means to Wolves. But first, I want to take you back a hundred years, a hundred plus years to the history of the Football League, as Wolves, one of its founding fathers, of course, amongst some of the great clubs and some clubs that are nowhere near the heights that they used to be um, from back in the day. This is history defining what's going on at the moment, but it's also history ruining for me. It's ruining the tradition of over 100 years of sport and success based on footballing merit. This is success based on franchise and based on commercial success. I heard a great quote the, uh, earlier today on my drive home. Um, the people that are organising the European Super League know how to work balance sheets, but they don't know how to work team sheets. They don't have a clue about mm. the passion and, and, and the, what makes the game. Is there, a, is there a real danger here that the ethos of the game is going to be ruined because of the, the European Super League? Yeah, totally. I mean, the the the, the Super League is anti-competition. The, mm-hmm. It is it is engendering a a spirit of you know what it doesn't actually matter whether or not you win or lose, you'll still be here next season. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to try and um, give it like a an a analogy, sound like it's like professional wrestling in that the outcome doesn't really matter because there's always tomorrow with it. But mm-hmm. actually, it kind of reminds me of like a Marvel superhero film. There is just no jeopardy in losing a match. Yeah, agreed. What What is the actual point in being bothered about winning or losing a match when you know it doesn't actually matter? Mm-hmm. Like, don't give me, we've been through Heartbreak as Wolves fans time and again. And we've also been through the good times because you know that you've got next season to put it right. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. Arsenal finish bottom of their league in this Super League, which they've got every chance to because Arsenal are not that good a team any longer, they'll still be there next season. They'll still pick up their their share of three and a half billion euros or pounds or whatever it is they're going to be paid in. So they're just taking out the jeopardy of football. They're taking out the heart, the winning and losing of it. So it just makes it very sterile. It's just sterile yeah. football. I agree completely. I mean, it's interesting to see uh, Colin Beer as, as uh, messaging on YouTube saying, as an American, what draws him to European football is the openness of competition and the atmosphere of the games. That type of grandeur has ruined these mainstream teams for their fans as well. Luke, 
when you're in a league that you can't be relegated from, there isn't going to be the passion, is there? There isn't going to be the the relief when you survive because of a goal from another team and you hear it through a headset in the, in the stands. You know, there isn't going to be that. It's going to be incredibly sterile, surely. I mean, look back at when we stayed up last day of the season against Blackburn. That that feels as good as bloody qualifying for the Champions League at times. Mm-hmm. You know, because as... Like, I was, I was talking to somebody earlier and they was trying... They're a Man United fan from Wolverhampton and, and they was trying to say, yeah, but come on, who's going to want to watch the um, Premier League without Man United and Pogba and Man City and De Bruyne? And I said, for me... I'll just be what I I watch Wolves anyway. Like mm-hmm. I don't watch many foreign leagues because Wolves aren't in it. I watched the Europa League more last season than any other season before because Wolves was in it. That's just how I work. So, all right, yeah, it's great when you beat Man City, but when we beat Crew Alexandra away to secure promotion from League One to the Championship, that gave me just that that gave me more joy than when we beat Arsenal at home a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. You know, when we could lose 4-0 away at Man City, it, it makes no difference if we're losing to Man City or Oldham Athletic. Mm. You know, because for it me, losing, the same, it? it's, it's, it's the same. So I don't need, me personally, I don't need Man United to fulfil my enjoyment of, of the game of football. I really mm. don't. So and, and surely, kind of... oh, don't you think it would... It, it, if these go, if these six go, and then we can look at maybe restructuring football slightly because it doesn't need any major changes. But I think most, well, not most, many people may agree that there are slight tweaks that need to be made to the professional game because we all love the competition. I mean, back in the day in the 60s and 70s, Derby could win the league one season. Forest could win it the next, then they could end up finishing 16th and Ipswich Town would win it or something. I'd rather see a competition like that than the same three or four winning it for a decade and a half. You're right. You're right. And we are going to talk about the impact on Wolves now. That's the reason we're here. We're all Wolves supporters. Uh, we might not agree on all the same things, but we're all passionate about Wolves and that's what we're here to discuss. So you raised a really good point there, Luke, about uh, this, the top, the big six. The big six, Spurs, the big six, Christ, <laughs> Arsenal, the big six, who are fighting for a top half finish, but you know, ridiculous. Um, if these teams, as it is rumored, a are not going to, well, the players are not going to be allowed to play in European or well, national, international competition, but they're also not going to be allowed to play in the Premier League, as reported. Let's say they're they're exited from the league. We don't know where they go. They go somewhere else, presumably the Premier League will promote teams from the Championship to make it a 20-team uh, league. <sighs> will the league be too devalued to be happy about any achievement that we can get? Let's say, for example, you know, we've been meandering around the bottom half of the table now for a number of months. Let's say next season, all of the top six teams are gone, or the big six, and then we all of a sudden get a fourth-place finish. Will that be devalued for you guys? Or Mate, Wolves, Wolves be... are in the Champions League. Wolves are in the Champions League with that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I really don't care. That means Wolves are the fourth best team in England. Mm-hmm. I don't care about who the competition is. I, I'll just care about what Wolves rank is at the end of the season. Like I'm sure Palace fans would feel the same. 
Blackburn Rovers fans would probably feel the same. It's not all mm -hmm. just about these big six. It's really not. I mean, if you want to know how it, if it would feel uh, more hollow in victory, just ask Celtic fans how they felt the last decade or so yep. without Rangers mm -hmm. being in their league. I'm sure whenever they won the league, they still absolutely loved it. Yeah, you are right. Definitely. I mean, it's it devalues it in the eyes of the media and in the eyes of Sky, for example. Mm -hmm. But it won't devalue it if we win the league. Like, I still celebrate as much as anybody else if we end up lifting a trophy at the end of it. Because mm -hmm. we can only we can only win what is in front of us. And that's sure. all that really matters is yeah. that 90 minutes on that day to you. So that's all you can do. And and yeah. for me, if they were to kick out those six teams, they just then become the, the Harlem Globetrotters. Like, they don't play in the NBA. They're just the team who do tricks and fancy shit mm -hmm. for people to watch without any real competition. That's all they become to me. Just, you know, they're exhibition footballers. Well done. It's not interesting. But, but this could happen. And you look at the big six in five years' time and you think, well, God, Will Griggs leading the line for Man City now on 400 grand a week because <laughs> the actual footballers who can play international World Cups and, and European Championships, they're going to want to stay in the Premier League or La Liga or um, Serie A so that they can have those achievements. So I think a lot of it will come down to how footballers feel about football themselves, whether they're in it for the reward and achievement or whether they're in it for the money because let's not get it twisted there's some footballers who probably don't care if they don't play for their country mm. or they don't play in a world cup or they don't play in the champions league but if some mug's going to pay him 400 grand a week to go and kick a ball about you know you might get somebody like mbappe for example and he'll think okay i can earn a lot of money but when i sit down when i'm 35 I'm not going to be able to look at, well, he will be able to look at his World Cup winner's medal because he's already won one. But, you know, what's to say he's not going to be a multiple World Cup winner? Yeah. And yeah, he has a chance to make a difference. If you could ask any 12 year old lad, what's the, what, if you could win anything in football, what would you want to win? The World Cup. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's got to be the World Cup. It's got to yeah. be. It's a pinnacle of, the pinnacle of competition, isn't it? I mm. think what's going to be really interesting at this point now, there's there's this maybe stereotypical I don't know but there's this thing that the you know the Europeans feel a lot more strongly about their national team than the English for example you only got to look at the Italians and how passionate they are about the international game um, it's going to be really interesting for the likes of Phil Foden Mason Mount and players of that ilk that are at these teams that are in the European Super League or will be and what what their what their international path looks like because. You know, there's, we're talking about Phil Foden, like he's the next Gaza. And is he going to leave the best facilities he's ever played under, one of the best managers he's ever going to play under, the best payday he's ever going to have to play in a devalued Premier League for less money, just so he can play international football? It's a really strange one. I mean, what do you think? Well, for me, like the Super League could end up being the next Chinese league. So you're just going to get a, a group of players who are probably over the hill or they're just mercenaries. So you might get players who probably aren't quite good enough for your champion, for your World Cups and what have you. So they think, OK, I'll just take the money and run because I'm, I don't know, they might be Slovakia, for example. They're never going to win the World Cup or the Euros. So why not just get a payday? Mm. 
So I can see ones like that. But then if you are someone like Phil Foden, for example, and I know England, we've got an outside chance at best, let's be perfectly honest. But is he going to risk that? Is he going to risk becoming a, a possible hero in his country? And it's not like we're talking about Man City. Yeah, they'll have a hell of a lot more money than Wolves, for example. Mm-hmm. But the training facilities aren't going to be that massively different. The money at that level, that they're still going to run a shitload of money, whether it's at Wolves or it's at Man City. There's a mm-hmm. lot of money at both levels. So I think you will find it's just going to end up being mercenaries and ones who maybe haven't got as much to play for going mm-hmm. for well, those kind of clubs. Ross has uh, mentioned on uh, on YouTube, sorry, Luke, most of them will choose money, I reckon. Look at how many players went to the Chinese league. So, you know, he, he makes a fair point there. Luke, but didn't the best you players in the world go to the Chinese league? Mm, you had, you, you've had some players, you know, Marek Hansik went, uh, didn't he? Hulk went over there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say he was past his prime when he went. You've had you've had some big time players go over there. And this is going to be a, this is going to be an example of this where actually they're not in the doldrums of Wuhan playing their football. They're playing on the international stage against the biggest teams in the world for the most money they're ever going to earn. It's not the same in that respect, but this is well, it brings footballers are competitive human beings as well. At the end Mm. of the day, they're they're still competitive human beings and the matches they're going to be, you'd, you'd imagine a lot of them would be like training matches. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. you haven't got a fight to stay in the league and you'll still get the same amount of weight. Well, it depends. Well, it depends. He, really, don't, he don't agree with you. <laughs> he don't agree. Well, it depends, really, because you've got to think about if one or two things are going to happen. The teams either are allowed to play domestically and then they play really, really bog standard under 21 teams in the Premier League because they've got their Super League commitments. And you can bet there's a clause in their contract somewhere that they've got to put out strong sides to keep that competition entertaining. Or they don't play in these teams and they're only playing 22, 23 games a season. In which case... That's then, their choice. Yeah. You don't, exactly. If, if, if that's what they want to do, then crack on and do it. Well, bringing it, bringing it back to, to Wolves, could this be... So we've talked about in the past on the podcast many, many times about the transfer window and uh, whether it's been good or bad. We've you know, brought in players like Samedo at the, at the one end, high-profile big names. We've brought in ones for the future like Fabio Silva as well. Um, so at the moment we're making signings, but we're not quite making that very, very top signing yet. You know, I'm sure that's a that's a reasonable <laughs> statement to make. Is this going to be another hurdle in signing top, top players with the massive proportion of the money on six clubs in terms of English teams or 15 clubs around Europe, is that going to be another hurdle for signing these super players that kicks us onto the next level? It, it could be. It all depends on, on what stance the players come out and take, isn't it? Because if you mm. get Neymar, Mbappe, Harry Kane, Foden, whoever else who doesn't want to play in this Super League, then there's going to be a shift of power in English football, isn't there? And they'll mm-hmm. sign for your Wolves, Leicesters, Everton's, Villas, West Ham's, because they could just, in in fact, become the new big six. And that's where the players ply their trade. Alternatively, though, if Man United, for example, if they are allowed to remain within the Premier League, they're going to need a bigger squad. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to have a percentage of £3.5 billion to pump into building a bigger squad. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you look at Man City, Man United, Liverpool, you look at the size of their squads. I mean, I'm sure Chelsea was reported that they had enough to put out six different teams at one point. That's how big their squad is now. If they need a squad to do Premier League, if they're still in domestic cup, domestic cup competitions and the Super League, that's so many more games on top of it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up with like 70 odd players on the books. Yeah. So it's just going to be hoarding these players. It's but ridiculous. you can only register 25 for the champ for the Premier League anyway, can't you? Obviously, well, we don't you're know gonna, what, you're the, end, what the squad is. You're going to end up with an A team, a B team, all under yeah. one banner because you're going to yeah. have to be. Well, I mean, this seems like a good segue really to talk about the finances involved and how, and this leads on from my, my original question. Of the 15 founder clubs, they will share a 3.5 billion euro pot. Now, I don't think what many people know, this isn't actually, um, it's like a loan almost that is repaid against future media rights. So they are, while they are given that money, it has got to be repaid in, in, in a fashion. However, what it will mean is the winners of that competition are going to be given, I believe, around 400 million, I believe that figure is, compared to an 80 million, which is around roughly what you would get for winning the Champions League. Now, let's say it's 300, let's say the English teams don't win it, it's 300 million that they get, just pulling a figure out of my head, and they're allowed to remain in the Premier League, regardless of what position they fall in this European Super League, they are given a £300 million head start ahead of every single team in the league that remains. So uh, on top of all the promoted teams who don't have a, a pot to piss in to begin with, they're given £300 million to buy the best players, to deny anybody else progressing. This is the old, this is the top boys dream, isn't it? This is the old, this is the old guards wet dream that it, and it doesn't allow anybody else to succeed. And this is why I bring it back to Wolves in, in, that, in that I say, can we even compete with this model? The only way we compete, compete in my opinion, is if, the, if those teams don't appear in the league full stop. But that brings its own problems that we're going to discuss. What are your guys' thoughts? If, if they remain in their domestic leagues, then it just ruins football. Mm-hmm. It does. Because football isn't about six clubs from England three clubs from Spain, three clubs from Italy and wherever they might get the rest from. Football mm-hmm. is a hell of a lot deeper than that and it would just completely ruin football. The Premier League is close to being ruined enough as it is with how much extra revenue these certain clubs get. Um, so they've already got an advantage. And so, you know, in the last 15 years, how many of the top six of, or the big six have won the Premier League? Has it been 14 out of 15 seasons, shall we mm-hmm. say? How many times have they won the FA Cup and the League Cup between them? So they're already getting a, a monopoly on the trophies due to having greater resource. So if you just double, nearly triple that, you know what I mean? You'll never see Exeter dump Chelsea out the cup or Warsaw take Man United to a replay. You'll never see that again. You and for me, for me, again, many people may feel differently. But that ruins football because football isn't just six greedy chairmen. No, it's not. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, you make the point well. I think what, for me, you know, wearing this shirt for a reason, it it displays for me one of my happiest moments ever as a fan, being in Portugal and watching my team in Europe. Unbelievable um, for me. Um, I go back to my one of my original points. 
we make we make Europe, we make the Champions League if it remains, or the Europa League, or whatever competition that they want to do now at the end of it. And I go back to the question about you know being devalued, but uh, you know a, a short while ago, Dean Marsden in the comments he'd mentioned that actually we could challenge for the title. <laughs> I mean, we're challenging for a title, so it's a really difficult balance between what we how we're going to feel about this. I mean, will it feel like a European tour when we've Got it by default. It's not really default because when you when you take those teams out, we are in and around those positions. Okay, give if you gave every club in the Premier League equal money, um, mm. you can have a bit of a difference in it, dependent on the position you finished the season before, and you can come down in a scale of percentages. But keep it quite close. Would these mm. big six be the big six? Probably not. So they've already mm. they're already winning it by default in a in in a fashion. Mm-hmm. And I bet it doesn't feel hollow to them. Do you think Chelsea fans, because Chelsea never would have won the league in recent times without Abramovich's money, mm-hmm. if we're being brutally honest. Neither would Man City. Um, remember, PSG used to struggle till they get, got their money as well. Sure. So, you know, are they winning it by default? Does it feel hollow for them? If Fawson spent £250 million next summer, and let's imagine this European Super League had never been mentioned, or let's say, all right, let's say we just went for it and said we're going to spend five hundred million pounds. Would it feel hollow to you, or would you still love it? Well, this is it's, it's, all, it's almost really like it. it's almost yeah. like we've planned an agenda ahead of time, Luke, because that segues me very nicely onto my next question. I wanted to ask about Wolves: is what does this now mean for Fosun's ambitions? And guys, guys and girls watching along, put in the comments about this because I'm really interested to know what you guys think about this. What does this mean for Fosun's ambitions? The task, as we knew prior to this, was to get us in the Champions League between five to ten years, to get us a ha- to make us a household name, to build this dynasty across China, and um, become an international powerhouse. The task is now made near impossible for Fosun now, without an invitation to this European Super League. If you're Fosun now, what line are you taking? And B, what are you, uh, the second question or the following question is: Are you worried about Fosun now? in light of the news that we've seen over the, over the last day or two? I think, obviously, Fosun want the most money that they can get. I mean, mm-hmm. that was never, like, within doubt, was it? Let's be honest, that they came here as an investment firm in order to make more money than what they've put in. Fair dues, that's football now. What they need is they now need UEFA to stop pissing around with adding these extra, this third European Cup competition and actually concentrate the cups that are there now. Make them worthy. Make them worthy of the money that they've got. And just ignore that £300 because that is a closed shop. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, if you're one of those 15 clubs that's going to be in it, fine, okay, that's your money now. If you're one of those five clubs that gets invited in through whatever merit that they deem to be acceptable that season, that club has then got to choose, do we go into that Uh, into that competition do we step out of UEFA do we tell our players that they're not going to be able to do international football anymore because we want that 300 million probably for one season because then that 15 will decide the next five clubs the next year Mm -hmm. so for Fosun I think they've got their eggs in our basket and they're probably going to have to stay there Mm-hmm. And we we know that they're a one of the biggest corporations in the world. They could have bought a Man City if they wanted to. They didn't. They wanted to buy a project that they could grow with. 
don't get me wrong, there's always that fear that they might think, well, we've got something back now. Maybe we should just quit while we're ahead. Mm-hmm. But that's not the impression they've ever given us. So on the balance of probabilities, I think we're okay. Luke, what are your thoughts on that when it comes to Fosun and now, you know, is the job for them that that bit more difficult now? Is it? Are you worried that we're going to see a lack of interest from them because of the task ahead? Or, like any good business, it has contingencies in place. It isn't just plan A. There are plan B all the way through to Z for these, you know, big multinationals. <clears throat> what, what do you think? And guys, guys and girls at home or watching along, what do you think about Fosun's ambitions? Um, me personally, I think it all depends on on how football looks at the end of this, and how much revenue is still coming in to the English game through the television, basically, and, and mm-hmm. subscriptions. So I think that has a big deal, a, a big part to play. I mean, we could still be looking at the same amount of money within the English game, and if we are, then I suppose it doesn't really make much difference, does it? But even even if um, less money is pumped into the game. Then it's not just going to affect Fosun, it's going to affect every single chairman at every single club in in the professional game. So that will then in turn affect player wages. So players are going to have to be a bit more sort of conservative in what they ask for when they're in contract negotiations. Agents are going to have to understand that the money's not quite in the game as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, transfer fees instead of players going for 60, 70, 80, 90 million. It, we might just have to go back to a time where Alan Shearer was the record transfer fee at fifteen million pound because that's just how much money is in football at yeah. that time. So it can it can still be managed. You know, I, I do think people are panicking, but it, it can it can still be managed and it can still be managed well, and it can still be a very attractive product to watch. I don't think the appetite for the game from the fans will be will be diminished in a, in any point. It no. will be the appetite from. Your skies, BT, BBC, yeah. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. for, for for the rest of for you know, as they're you know, they're the ones. Unfortunately, though, you know, if um, if gate revenue was as massive as it could be, Wolves wouldn't still have a thirty-five thousand seater; it'd have a hundred thousand seater. Do you know what I mean? Like gate yeah, revenue, yeah. unfortunately, is is minuscule in comparison to TV rights money. But um, I want you guys to have the final say on Wolves before we move on in terms of let's play the devil's advocate wolves are invited in as one of the uh one of the clubs in two or three years time is there any going back if wolves were i'm going to put you on the spot now and i'm going to put people at home on the spot wolves are invited in can you turn your back on the team that you love does it mean that much to you that you would how would you feel if wolves were invited in and accepted it must be very difficult um, for some fans because, you know, you love this club with, with all your heart. But if it's going to get involved in something like this, then you do have to ask yourself the question because it's not football. It just simply isn't football. Mm-hmm. God, the million-dollar question because it's it's difficult. It's difficult. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the answer. It's, oh, no. Me, personally, it stands for... As a football fan... I think I'd have to say no, and I'd probably just end up having to go and watch Bilston Town or something, and mm-hmm. take it and just strip it right back. Well, look, look um, what Dean said. He, he, first one would snap their hands off. He'd go and support Warsaw. Me, it'd have to be another professional club. It yeah. would have to be a non-league club, and then my enjoyment of football would just have to be at a non-league level instead of a professional level. 
because hopefully within the non-league game you'll still get promotions and relegations which is what football's about mm-hmm. yeah. and do you have the last word on wolves in this scenario what, what would it mean to you if um if the unthinkable was to happen and we were to take that step into and become one of the european super league powerhouses of of football you would genuinely be gutted and this last year has shown how miserable it is watching football on tv week in week out when you're used to being there yourselves yeah. and i think if we were to go into the super league the ticket prices would go up astronomically the chances of away days like you're not going to be able to just fork out to piss off to italy twice spain twice and just jet set all across the uh, the continent it really would say with you, but at the same time, we've had a lifetime of following Wolves. Mm-hmm. If Wolves are on TV, like I will still watch them. Yeah, it's been shit as anything this season, but I wouldn't miss a match for the sake of it, you know. And it, uh, I, I would be gutted. I would genuinely be gutted, but the, the I don't think I'd be able to just give him up. Yeah, it's yeah, like, well, like any good drug habit, you can't let go straight <laughs> away. So that's it. Yeah. Escape your everyday with out-of-this-world action. From the gritty apocalypse of the Walking Dead universe to the cyberpunk realm of The Watch and the criminal underbelly of Gangs of London, AMC Plus is more than entertaining. It's epic. Feel all the chills and thrills with Shudder's Halfway to Halloween Month. Experience Shudder's biggest month of horror featuring a new season of Creepshow and new movie premieres every week. All available ad-free and on demand. Start your free trial today at amcplus.com. Well, um, we're at the halfway point, so let's get a bit of the admin out of the way. First of all, thank you very much. If you have just joined in or you've joined in kind of midway through, this is the FanCast European Super League special. I hope you're enjoying it on Twitter or and or YouTube, whichever is your chosen platform. Get in touch with us on the comment section. We've already been reading out some of your guys' comments. Any questions that you have, please get in touch. And we want to thank the Sports Shop Kings Winford for their continued support with us as well for helping the FanCast reach out to you guys. Um, so we're going to move on now to a, to a subject close to my heart, um, which is actually the EFL. <clears throat> you know, for the majority of Wolves fans, um, some of our happiest moments, some of our lowest moments will have been spent in the second division or lower, <laughs> not in the Premier League. Um, so I want to talk about the impact on the EFL and the footballing pyramid in general with the assumption that the teams are not going to be allowed to play domestically, the ones that are taking part in the European Super League, TV rights will have to be reduced. Sky, BT, the rest of them are not going to be paying the same money to watch Crystal Palace versus Burnley than they would be to pay to broadcast Man United versus Liverpool. That's a fact of life, unfortunately. This is going to mean there's less money at the top of the game, which means that less money is being trickled down, trickled down, trickled down, down the footballing period, pyramid and even less into grassroots football want to ask one question and one question only is this going to be the death knell for the EFL and lower and lower league teams not if people work together and I know it's difficult because you know footballers are paid really handsomely at the moment but they might just have to take drastic pay cuts which is in foot is unfortunate but all right, maybe not at League Two and conference level, but you know you're still going to earn a decent wedge at the end of the day, aren't you? I think you know, it's more. Than, I think it's more than that. Though we talk, we're talking about paying the electricity bill at some clubs. Do you know what I mean? Look at look mm. at look at Bury and clubs like that at the moment that, that 
can't afford to function. We're coming out of a pandemic where clubs are, are getting next to no revenue. I've got a real concern that this will be, if it goes ahead, the death of the English Football League as we know it. I know it's sensationalistic. Call me the bald Adrian Durham. I've got a, <laughs> I've got a legitimate concern that this will be the nail in the coffin for some teams and we are going to be in trouble. Yeah. I completely but then, agree. But, but then, you know, there might be some non-league teams now, semi-professional teams that have got good infra- in, infrastructure, good setups. You know, that, that, can they just replace the teams that... The players are still going to be there to pick from. We, we, we're almost going the other way now, though, where we're disregarding hundreds and hundreds, you know, hundreds of years of of tradition and and history because it's okay for a club to go out of business because there's other clubs that it's, you know it's, it's never it's never okay for a club to go out of business. But sometimes, if a club hasn't managed its money right via its mm-hmm. owners, yeah, then I get that. That's 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 yeah. unfortunate sometimes, and and but because there's clubs further down the pyramid. Who are running their, their, their shit really well? I think the thing is, though, Luke, when you talk about a club in the National League running their, their team well, that is a world away from just the next step up in a, the professional game at League Two. So you can run you can run your Bilston Town perfectly, but the finances you need to make that what would be quite a small step, relatively speaking, would be astronomical at that level. I personally think this is the death of the 92. I think the football pyramid, it did need an overhaul and has done for some time anyway, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The FA and EFL, they've pretty much shown they don't give a shit about the 92. It, it's just a nice catchphrase almost, more so than it is something that's important. So I think it's about time that they looked at it and give it a rejig, give it a freshen up, try and help clubs. Like I was talking to someone on Twitter earlier saying that like as you go down the footballing pyramid, League Two, you're gonna end up with someone like Plymouth playing Carlisle. In League Two, it should just be regionalised at this point. So you've got your north and your south divisions, and you can start to look at reducing costs by looking at regional leagues yeah. rather than doing internationals. So this is the chance for them now to actually look at trying to shake it up, doing something progressive and evolve the game. Mm. It's the perfect opportunity. Definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, Dan has, has said already, Dan from the fancast, you know, is this now the perfect time for change? Is this the catalyst? So, you know, that's what we're going to talk about. What can be done at this point now to improve the game, not only for the top, but for the bottom? Is this the time now where we pull our finger out and actually we introduce a wage cap? We introduce an actual... Uh, FFP that is adhered to, mm. you know, we we actually put in protections and we do have a clean slate uh, moment where we so, actually make changes. The I, I other like reason, see... sorry, Luke. No, I was going to say the other like reason. I... <laughs> God, you go first, mate. <laughs> sorry, mate. The other reason I wore this jersey tonight is because this Super League is taking the worst parts of NFL football. So. In NFL, they do have the wage caps. They do manage to control their players to such a better degree than they have done in football. So really, why don't they look at these models of having your wage caps? They have every year, they have the the draft. So the team who finishes rock bottom, they will get the first pick next time out. So actually, you're not just going to be the shittiest team every single year. You're going to have a chance to step up and move up. 
So why not look, look at stuff like that and try and redress the balance? Because the 92 is unsustainable as a model. Mm-hmm. The money at the top is so drastic compared to the money at the bottom that those clubs down there, they are just eventually going to die out, whether or not you want them to or not. Just with the march of time, it's, it's just nature, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So they need to redress the balance. They need to try and pull them closer together. So there's not such a disparity between the two levels. And I do think this is the opportunity to do it, especially if you just tell them to piss off and then you've got a few fewer teams and you can start to look at redressing the balance. Luke, your answer to yeah, that? I'll, I'll definitely look at salary caps, um, performance-related ones as well. So I'll say, for example, if you finish in the mm. top four in the Prem, maybe the following season, you're allowed to earn £40,000 a week, for example. If you finish between fifth and tenth, then you can earn fifty grand a week. If you finish in the bottom half, 40 grand a week, top half, top six in the championship, 30 grand a week, and so on and so forth, all the way down. I don't even know if it could work, but that's how a model I wouldn't mind seeing. And I think mm. that actually could work. Um, I'm not sure on drafts. Um, I'm, I'm not a it's fan. A little, I don't, it's a little too far for me. Yeah, I don't really watch American sports, if I'm being honest. I, I, I understand drafts to a degree, like, but it's not something I'd like to see introduced in football you know we've got the academy system which i think is key and vital and important and i just think that's how you should make your way into professional football well it's interesting you should say that because that is my next question um this can only be a benefit for those existing clubs that already have a strong academy structure if wages are sorry if if transfer fees are going to diminish or there's going to be less in the game money in the game for transfer fees um it's vitally important that clubs are actually pumping out their own homegrown talent or at least talent that they scout at an early age and bring over for minimal fees and then raise into the professional game could this actually, if done right, be a blessing for the national team because academies are going to have to do more if this takes place in order for them to have the next talent because the top, top clubs are going to still, regardless of not everybody, unfortunately, is as idealistic as we are, the top, top players are going to go to the European Super League for the money. So is it is it going to be better for academies? You'd like to think so. And there's still a lot of a hell of, there's a, a lot of good footballers that don't make the grade who would mm-hmm. still be exciting to watch. So mm-hmm. let's not get that twisted. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good footballers out there who don't get the opportunity. They might get released, or a certain coach or a certain scout doesn't like them. But if they were given the opportunity, then what's to say they couldn't progress into mm-hmm. a footballer like a James Madison, for example? Not trying to say like the best footballers in the world, but sometimes you just look at a football and you think, you know what, I like the way he plays. He plays the oh, yeah. game how I like to see mm. be played. And you can, you can watch somebody on a Sunday morning and think, you know what, yeah, decent game of football that was. It, it, you know, it, I've seen some better games on a Sunday morning out of a fairless par than some Man City v Man United games. Mm. Well, James, James Baker makes a good point. You know, let's not forget the FA are about the money as well. You know, they are a business in itself. There is still well, going to be that in the game. This is a big problem because we're in a position where we're sort of pinning all our hopes on UEFA and FIFA being the good guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I mean, that, that is, that's how fucked up it is. That's mm-hmm. how fucked up it is. We are reaching out to UEFA and FIFA to say, do the right thing. Mm. But I mean, we've been doing that for years. FIFA and UEFA are the reason we are in this mess that we're in now. Let's be perfectly honest. Of because course. they've hoarded the money. 
that's why they introduced this Europa Conference League or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be called for next season is because they want a bigger piece of that pie. So all these clubs are doing is they're just following suit from what UEFA have said. Mm-hmm. So in those respects, I don't really blame them because they're saying you want your piece, we want ours, and we're more important to you than you are to us. So I, I completely get it. Mm. It's just shit at the end of the day. That's the problem. A question but I want to ask. Maybe, maybe this will see. You've got a woman under there, Andy. Uh, my, I don't know. I don't know if I said <laughs> something that set off my um, Bixby on my phone. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we'll we'll be in a position in I don't know, ten years' time, for example, where ninety five percent of the football league clubs are fan owned, mm. and we might see them run a bit better, and where they're not being taken mm. to the wall. By owners who really couldn't give a toss. You're right. I mean, let's be honest. Why do you think Bayern Munich and Dortmund have turned this down? Yeah, that's the reason why they've waited. Yeah, yeah. So again, there could be plenty of positives that come from this as well. If if UEFA, FIFA, and the relevant FAs work together and use a bit of fucking common sense, but I know we're asking a lot there. We're asking hmm. a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Because all you'll see now is, all you'll get now is, all these, like Perez and the Glazers, whoever else who have fucked off to this Super League, they'll just start bringing out all the dirt on UEFA from FIFA now. Mm. And it'll become a public slanging match. I can see it already. Yeah, definitely. Well, what I want to look at now, um, looking across the pond, so to speak, trawling through all the articles and that today, um, so foot which is a French publication, Left Foot, I imagine, over there. No, that's the, that's the <laughs> foot. Um, they see it as a slightly different thing. They are for the European Super League, but for a different reason. So I want to get your thoughts on this. And then I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on, because, Luke, I know you love a conspiracy as much as the next I one. Do, uh, I'm gonna, I'm I going to give you a conspiracy question as well before we wrap up. So they see So Foot um, from France, the potential departure of 12 teams as a chance to finally breathe if this NBA-like tournament is to become reality, it will increase suspense. Teams like Ajax, Porto, Roma or Napoli will experience the thrill of reaching the final stages of the Champions League and will actually have a chance to win it. Now, this is an important thing for me as well. This would also mean that some legendary European teams of the past could experience a second wind. Can we dream of Glasgow Rangers, Dynamo Kiev, Panathinaikos lift the European Cup in the next few years? Can we picture Leicester or West Ham as the next Villa or Nottingham Forest of the 2020s or 2030s. Yes, we can. And that's exciting. When you put it like that, like, it I, me, personally, mm. me personally, I just want these clubs, whoever wants to join the Super League, just fuck off. Mm-hmm. Don't get involved in the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A or Europa League or Champions League. You crack on and, and earn all your money mm-hmm. and just leave us to enjoy football, competitive football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if Wolves if Wolves got to a Europa League final and we beat Red Star Belgrade or Atletico Madrid, would it make that much difference? No, not in terms not in terms of the the limbs as they as they call it, or you know the excitement. Yeah. You you know you are exactly. in a European Cup final. I, I, as someone who is massively um, interested in and trying to learn more about the Italian game, reading um, Calcio at the minute. Uh, a fantastic book about the history of Italian football. For me, the idea of some of these 
ex-powerhouses of Italian football actually coming back and, and being a recognised name and it not just being your Juve's um, and your Inter Milan's and your AC Milan's who were never the founding members of their clubs. Teams like Genoa, who are now in the doldrums of Italian football, who struggled to, you know, and other teams that, you know, never, who paved the way. I would love to see them as a, not footballing purist or footballing hipster or anything, but I would love it's to see some of those. It is, it's romantic, exactly the right word, thank you. Um, and, and and I would like to see that, but that unfortunately would be a byproduct of this year, the European Super League taking place because it won't happen with the teams that are currently in in the same model. So, what do you think? Is are are there unlikely positives that can come out of this? There's loads. If they just go and leave everyone else alone, so they can go and play with their money, that's fine. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be a lot of upset fans, you know, like Manchester City fans from Moss Side who've supported Man City since 1963. My heart bleeds for them. It really does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a Manchester City fan who was born in 2003 and lives in Dallas, Texas, with all due respect, these are the sort of fans that are more likely to be on board with this concept. Now, mm -hmm. maybe speaking out of term, it's just how I feel. Um, so, yeah, you can't say it's all positive because there are going to be some heartbroken people out there tonight. And, mm -hmm. you know, the death of a football team, it can affect you like the death of a, a pet or a loved there's one. There's no, bereavement. I mean, there's bereavement there for people. There's bereavement, um, yeah, absolutely. But if, you know, the, the owners, they should be absolutely disgusted with themselves. Mm -hmm. They're ripping out memories, communities, friendships, social groups it's disgusting all for their own personal game because when you look at everything that they've said about the setting up of this Euro european super league or whatever it's going to be called how much of it is about the financial side of it and how much of it is about the fans i've not heard one thing yeah. it's like it will be a better experience for fans oh it's, it's it not fans in this way yeah not heard yeah. one thing all i've heard is figures about money which shows and proves what it's all about so, if if the money means that much to you, just fuck off. Because I bet you in 10 or 15 years' time, you'll be absolutely wounded. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're going to... Um, I'm going to give you my conspiracy question now. And then we're going to open it up to the uh, to the viewers of the... Have um, we got any viewers? ...of the channel. I'm sure we've got a few out there still. <laughs> where they're, they're, still they're still listening. So, we're going to turn it over. So, get your questions in now, and I'll, we'll answer a few before we wrap up. Um, so, what I have heard in the deep, dark recesses of Twitter and uh, other unsavoury social media platforms, that this is actually the Euro the Euro the European Super League doesn't exist. It's a fugazi. It doesn't exist. It's just that it's just these teams flexing their muscles to negotiate a better contract or a better distribute a better distribution of money in the Champions League, and they want they want to, they want access to their own TV rights. And actually, they'll they'll turn back. They'll do. They'll go, okay, we're not going to do this, but we want this. Do you think that could be the case, or are we too far gone now? I've, I, sorry, Andy. Sorry, I feel like I've hit button. All right, nice. I, I mean, it's not beyond the realms of, of possibility, but they've caused way too much damage now. Them six mm. teams can't come back to the Prem. 
I'm sorry, but they just can't. And I'm sure La Liga fans, I don't know, Real Betis and Atletico Bilbao fans feel exactly the same way about the three Spanish clubs. And Lazio, Napoli, Atalanta fans feel exactly the same way about these three Italian clubs. They can't come back. The 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 damage has been done. Of course, are you lying in the sand now? Done. We're done with. Oh, them. done, done. I could never take these clubs seriously ever again. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they've crossed the line with what they've done. Part of me does think that it was to try and strengthen their hand in negotiations for Champions League rights. I believe in Spain. I believe clubs in Spain can negotiate their own deals. So Barca have got their own TV deal, and then. I, I don't know. Um, I, I can't even think of any shitty teams in Spain off the top of my head for some reason. I but like, everyone's got their own deal. Ibar, they've got their own deal, but obviously it's a tiny percentage of what Barcelona yeah, can do. So they don't really necessarily need to strengthen their hand when it comes to these negotiations. It works in our country because everyone is negotiating with us one. The mm-hmm. Premier League negotiates us one. And so part of me thinks maybe it is. Oh, absolutely. They're probably not doing it to strengthen their hand with their domestic leagues. They're probably doing it to strengthen their hand with UEFA and get more money from them for the European competitions. That's what I reckon. Mm. Potentially. Very well, be, yeah. Potentially. Either way, it stinks. Either way, it absolutely stinks. Mm. Oh, it does. It does. I know that we're trying to look at the positives of it, but I go back to my original point about, hey, I think it'll be the death knell of the EFL as we know it. It'll be the death knell of clubs. And let's not forget, we can. it's quite easy to be detached from Wolves at the moment. You know, we don't go to the ground, fine. We, generally speaking, don't live, all of us live that close to the city centre, but we will live within the West Midlands. So it's easy to feel detached from a massive club because it doesn't rely necessarily on its supporters for money as much as a League Two side would. But for some League Two sides and and some, you know, non-league, their stake in the community it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It's the reason why some people get out of bed in the morning and go to support mm. their club. And there's a real worry that's going to be snatched away from people and that they are going to have something that gives more than just football to them. And that's a worry. That's a major concern for me. Do you think... I mean, I don't agree with this personally, but some people could probably do it. But there might be a lot of Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham fans who turn their back on the club you don't know and then they think fuck I think, it I think they will well, I'll I go and watch Barney so. instead or I'll go and watch Tramia I think they will be because you know let's say you could be the, like there's a cl- the clubs that we dislike or I dislike or anything else so let's let's Liverpool for example um, you know because they've got so many major fans across the world, it's very easy to dislike when you go on Twitter and there's always the same people that message you without their real picture. It's just a picture of, I, I don't know, Thiago, Magnus Slytackle or something like that as their yeah. picture. And they talk to you and, and they, they're always the ones that slander. You don't care about them. But what you what you do, and, and we've got here Ash Dolan, friend of the show, a lot of his Liverpool supporting friends have said they'll be giving up completely. But what I feel for is the dad, who works 40 hours a week and wants to take his his lad and his daughter to the game every week, he wants to take them to their first away day. But now he's got to save up two grand to take them over to yeah. New York to watch them mm. play. That's the only yeah. away game he can get to. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's absolutely absurd. And I'm not worried about, about the fans at all. No, I worry about the romance of the no. game, and the, the sanitisation of the joy of it. It's going to be fine for... 
average Joe blogs that remain because actually to make it sustainable, to make people want to go, they'll probably have to enforce things like a ticket cap for away games still, ticket prices, etc. But for those fans, I feel really sorry. You won't find me very often saying I feel no. really sorry for fans of genuine fans of, of these big clubs. But, you know, like earlier on, someone put in the, the group chat that said about the clubs are looking at the fact that they don't particularly care about what was coined legacy fans. It's mm-hmm. all about getting new fans. So all the, most people would probably be pissed. So all of Ashley's Liverpool mates... You might find 90% of Liverpool fans say, well, I'm done with you now. You've you've crossed that line. Mm-hmm. But if there's 10% who remain, Liverpool will get all of their money and then they'll be getting all their new fans from all across the world. Because you can bet this this European Super League ends up being played in every country across the world. You can well, bet that Barcelona versus Liverpool are, you know what, why don't we just do it in the Middle East? I know it's the middle of the summer and we'll die of heat stroke, but think of the fucking money we'll get. That's oh, what it'll end yeah, up being. Absolutely. And it'll be, it'll get to the point where we're in pay-per-view territory and it'll be rumble in the jungle, but it'll be some, some of the pun that I'm not good yeah. enough to make. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the thing. And the game will be very much set as you'll have your fans in the stadiums, but it will be these corporate events that, yeah. you know, that, that, will, yeah. that will be pushed dramatically. And so, how soulless gonna... would that feel? Exactly. Would you want to watch exactly. it on the TV, really? Would you uh, want to watch Inter Milan v Tottenham Hotspur, nil nil, uh, in o'clock in the morning because it's being played in <laughs> Saudi Arabia or something ridiculous. Yeah. Now I've probably got all the time zones wrong there, but um, in front of a lot of people in suits, come off it. You know, you'd rather watch Nottingham Forest v Derby mm-hmm. on a sat- even if they move the kickoff to eleven o'clock on a Saturday because you know the, the fans are still going to be bang up for it, yeah. creating a wicked atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conrad uh, Griebel, uh, apologies if I butchered your surname there, Conrad. Um, he wants to say, No, am I a bad person for kind of wanting the big six to join the Super League and wither away as a lack of competition leeches investment and talent away? Thank you very much, and a great question. Not at all. What do you guys think? Nah, fuck them. Yeah, they can they can die now, they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're done basically. If they want to leave and play their own games. Fine, fuck off. You're not in our, our sphere of interest any longer. Mm-hmm. I think you know, there's got to be some serious compassion for genuine fans of these club clubs. There really has, because they must be close to grieving right now. Yeah. But when you look at the club as what they're going to turn it into, just a franchise, really, nah. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a few other comments. James Baker, he's mentioned, if this Super League doesn't happen, how can the top brass at these clubs have a future say about progression, improvement, finances and other things with their domestic football associations? Mm. I mean, really, though, the, the line's drawn now, isn't it? That We can't. They, they, they can't have a say. The, the, the buffet is closed. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> the that's brilliant. The yeah, I mean, the buffet, you know, the buffet is closed. Ben, Bembo Gaming... I think every team should be banned. If not, he'll be mad because they basically signed up to leave and that's unacceptable. If they want to come back, they need to start in the lower divisions. And that's a very interesting point. Let's say this falls flat on its arse in 10 years' time. The interest has died up. We don't want this closed shop anymore. We rely too much. Uh, we, we enjoy too much the idea of football played on merit. Where do Liverpool, Man United and the rest et al.? Do they get invited back in? Do they do a Rangers and have to start from the bottom? What 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 happens mm. to them? 
if they want to start, if they want to join the league again, they have to do like Wimbledon. They've got to earn their place in the Premier League. Like we've had to earn our place in the Premier League. Like we've got a good history. We are one of the 20 biggest clubs, historically speaking, you know. So we can't just walk into the Premier League and say, well, we're staying here for life because we've got this history. And that's exactly the same for all of those six. Football is a meritocracy. You've got to prove you deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. And if you've got, as soon as you leave these shores to go and play your European Super League, you've got no history in this game. You are effectively a new team joining the league. And they start at the bottom. So, yeah, I think you'd have to work your way up. Well, you know, Darren Lester fucked them off for good, he says. And and, and the thing is, I feel actually we're tapping into what the majority of people feel like at the moment. We feel betrayed by these clubs at the moment. It's sometimes like it's we grin and bear it sometimes that these clubs are in the position that they are and they are always feeling like they're getting the rub of the green, but they are still in a system of merit. Regardless if they have more money, they're still in a system of merit. But when they go into this closed shop system and they want to take their toys away from everybody else, it really does feel like the line's been drawn now. There's, there's no going back at this point. We, we're beyond the pale, so to speak. Six mm. clubs have taken the absolute piss out of 86 other clubs. Mm-hmm. The, the, they've taken the piss. And I don't understand how anyone who supports somebody not within those six clubs in England can forgive them. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, I agree. Because I've basically agree. said, fuck you and fuck yeah. your club. <laughs> And the horse you're riding on. Um, <laughs> Benbo Gaming makes a, a good question as well here. Well, he makes a statement, but I'll ask you as the question. Man City shouldn't get their trophy if they win the Premier League. What do you reckon? Do we, well, in the in the interest of the game, we see this season out and then we cut all ties? What, what, what would you do? It's one of them. I mean, I think you can either see it out and then just start again and say, here's your Premier League trophy for this season. Now, fuck off. Watch how you do. I'm um, envisioning the end of... Um, come down with me where you've got that bitter old fucker who's saying there's your trophy and enjoy it and just <laughs> yeah. ignoring everybody I hope it makes that's you what happy. I've got in my head yeah that's what I'm thinking you of sad, <laughs> you sad little club <laughs> makes you very happy yeah. no exactly so we're going to wrap up I just want to know what's next for you guys in terms of this what do you think is going to happen over the next couple of days weeks what are you for going to do in terms of um, how are they going to respond and what are they going to do to try and stop this taking place? And is there anything the government across these the nations can do? Or has, has the horse bolted now? Again, we're relying on Boris Johnson to do the right thing. It's, we, it's like we're pissing in the wind. But conversations <laughs> need to be had. Um, I know it's very difficult for footballers at the moment because they're under contract and probably under the non-disclosure orders or whatever, or whatever they're called. But we need to start hearing from some of them mm-hmm. on yeah. what they actually feel about it. Um, because well, once I think once we know how the players feel and which way they would most possibly lean, then it gives us a bit of a better idea as to how football looks after this. Because football will still exist after this. It's just going to exist in a slightly different way with a few less clubs. Well, looking at this, how, how uh, accurate this is, in the last few minutes, Twitter is reporting the Super League clubs have decided to transfer their UCL trophies over, meaning Real Madrid start with 13 Super League championships. <laughs> <laughs> sure, are yeah. you joking? I'm hoping, you... I'm hoping we're being trolled live on <laughs> it's air. It's a mockery. Just... Yeah. It's a full-on <laughs> mockery. Honest to God. How can people even <laughs> take that serious? 
Nah, <laughs> they're taking the piece. Well, what we need, obviously, what's we have to do? We have to have thirteen open top buses go past in one go to like you know to celebrate these thirteen victories. When non-footballing people get involved in football, this is the shit that happens, man. That is funny. That is actually funny. And Arsenal, oh, I can't believe you even read that. It's like, are you ta- are you taking the piss? Mate, are you joking? Listen, hey, gonna shoot the messenger, kidder. Oh my god, moment. I can't no, believe no. that somebody has actually thought to say those words out of his someone own sat mouth. Down. Someone sat down and thought, that's you know what, it's going to be a great idea. Actually, we'll kickstart off Real Madrid and we'll, we'll let them oh. have thirteen. Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> let them have them. Keep them. Mm. Take them. Honestly, we don't care. We can just start the Champions League again from scratch. That's fine. Take them. We don't need you. We don't want you. We want to wrap up with uh, a comment from uh, Shoe Event Horizon. Uh, A lot of Americans listening along today and watching along today, which is fantastic. Thank you. From an American, if you are a fan of these big six, beware of the Super League. You may become like the Bengals in the NFL, being given 40 million to come dead last every year. How fun does that sound? Exactly. And that will be Arsenal. Exactly. It will be Arsenal. Yeah, yeah it will be Arsenal. Really it's, it's, it's a mockery. It's a mockery. Just let them go now. The damage has been done. They've said what they've needed to say. They've let everybody know how they feel about football in England, Italy, Spain and Europe. Watch how you go. That's all I'm going to say. Watch how you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, guys, we're going to wrap up there for now. Thank you very, very much for tuning into this live European Super League special. We hope you've enjoyed it. Something that we want to be pushing more of um, with the fan cast. So what's going to be really important is that you're subscribed on Twitter, that you're subscribed on the YouTube channel, and you're also ticking the notification little bell so you can get notifications of when we put content out and be the first to listen to it and hear it. You can get involved like a lot of people have in the comments and we can try and have these conversations a bit more often and get the uh, the conversations happening, really, which is what we're all about. Big, big thank you to our uh, supported group there, the Sports Shop, uh, Kings Winford, who are instrumental to helping us do what we do. Really, really appreciate their time. Thank you to Luke and Andy and Dan as well, who's been instrumental in getting this together for us as well. And most importantly, thank you to you guys at home for watching and interacting with us. I've been Matt Guy. Luke, do you want to say bye? See you later, and let's just see what happens over the next couple of days and weeks. It's going to be interesting for sure. Certainly will. Andy, if you want to say bye. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. I've enjoyed it. Take care. Absolutely. And from me, look after yourselves and stay safe, guys. Hope you've enjoyed it. the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. When I had a boyfriend, did you think that we were sexually active? I sure didn't. I had to be naked. No. Completely butt naked? (laughs) Well, I had shoes on. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Nikki Levy and welcome to Don't Tell My Mother. Don't Tell My Mother is where celebrities like Adam Rippon, Constance Zimmer, Zainab Johnson, and Emily Hampshire tell true stories they'd never want their moms to know. 
And then they tell their moms. I would get up early and look at porn. You knew that. Yes. <laughs> you had your diary underneath the pillow. You read my diary? I did. Subscribe to Don't Tell My Mother wherever you get your podcasts. If it's not one thing, it's, it's your, your mother. mother. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't, just don't. A cash, a cash, a cash, a cash recommends. recommends.